Now when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him, the weak old Jesus, up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what was stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons, which meant that these this was a poor family. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, for this man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all the peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84, in the first century to the age of 84. She never left the temple but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, indeed, may the words of my mouth and the meditations, the thoughts of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you. O Lord, our rock, our redeemer. Amen and amen. Please be seated. Hmm. This will be our... Last look at the first Christmas for a while, probably, unless the Lord says otherwise. We get caught up in the pageantry of Christmas and in the things that are being celebrated. The incarnation of the Lord, the Word became flesh and dwelt with us. The star, the wise men, the shepherds, the angels. But it's good as well to narrow our focus down to this young couple. We think young couple. We know Mary was young. Mary and Joseph. And what this upheaval had meant in their life. I try to do that every Christmas to remind us all 
that, yeah, sometimes the unexpected happens. Y'all are getting stereo today, unexpected. Ever lived in a small town? Ever had rumors going round about you in a small town? I won't ask what they were. Mary and Joseph had faced the scandal of Mary's unplanned pregnancy. They had endured the trial of a threatened separation when Joseph did not understand before God comforted him. And I'm sure, Nazareth being a small town, they were still dealing with the disapproval of the people in their hometown. The whispers, the glances, you know how it goes, right? Now still to come, there were challenges before them. There was going to be some trips between Nazareth and Bethlehem, maybe a relocation. Then the wise men would visit, and this would be this amazing high point. Imagine that you are a young family in first century Israel, and all of a sudden some kings from the east come and bring you gifts. And what's the number one headliner? First of all, it's gold. But frankincense and myrrh could fetch a pretty penny too. Oh my goodness, honey, we can get that new house. We can set up a shop for you here. We can get out of Nazareth permanently because here we've had a good fresh start. People are still saying, wow, wasn't it wonderful what happened when he is born? And then you find out no, an attempt is going to be made on his life. And you have to relocate to Egypt, which was financed, no doubt, by the gold, frankincense, and the myrrh. They are in the midst of challenging times. Amen? But in the midst of these trials, God was giving them gifts. Of course, the first one we must say is the first gift given on Christmas, which is the baby Jesus. But secondly, he was giving them messages of encouragement. If you read Luke chapter 2, you're thinking of that as, well, this is the birth of Jesus. Read it sometimes with the lens of this is the encouragement of Mary and Joseph and see how that changes your view. What do you do when you're running on empty? Don't tell me you don't run on empty. Everybody runs on empty sometimes. Do you do the activities or eat the foods that comfort you? Hopefully you pray a lot, worship, read your Bible. Maybe you have certain friends you love to hang around because they're the sunny ones, you know? Those cloudy friends, you might avoid them for a little while, you know, and hang around the sun-filled ones. But isn't one of the things that we regularly do is remember those times where we were given encouragement, just a little nudge, a little statement, a little action, some meaning, someone coming in to help or to say, bless you for what you are doing. I know it's hard. Bless you. Mary seemed to have that in mind, at least in Luke's understanding of what she was going through, no doubt after some conversations. Mary in Luke 2.19 treasured all these words 
and pondered them in her heart. That sounds like something that we can learn something from. You take those treasured moments and you put them in your heart and you take them out and look over them again and again. Now it is too easy in this world to think about the bad things too much, but those times where you know that God spoke through a situation or a loved one or a stranger and gave you that encouragement, treasured these words and pondered them in her heart. Don't you know on the way down to Egypt with all of the craziness that came in the wake of the wise men's visit that she was going over every little thing that had happened and saying, God, give me strength. Treasured memories and words give us strength when we are weak. They help us keep going when we feel like just throwing in the towel. And as God's children, we are thankful for every one of them as a gift because we know that all good gifts come down from the Father of lights. And often, words of encouragement come at just the right time a number of years back, um, we had had Kimberly for maybe four months. As soon as we got back, now this is before autism diagnosis or anything, we had done the revision of her lip and her palate. They had just done the cosmetic. They hadn't done the palate. Um, I won't say it in the pulpit, but just ask me sometimes what would happen when a girl with a cleft palate sneezes when she's eating food. It is not nice. It was a hard time for her. She would freak and still has problems with every time she saw a doctor or someone in a white coat or with a white mask. That's what they wore sometimes at the orphanage. Now, it was just a couple of months after that, and she was running and starting to have a good time again. Lori had taken her, and they were at uh, where she was boarding her horse. Maybe too much detail, but she fell on a rock on her leg and she was crying but there was no obvious break or anything so Lori went on to school and I took her canceled what I was doing and took her to the doctor well it turned out the tibia was cracked from just a small spill because she was so malnourished that her bones were brittle at the time we got her in a cast I called Lori, and when Lori got to the hospital and saw her in the cast, she just broke down completely. And a friend was there, Sister Patty Rector, who is now in the presence of the Lord. She comforted my wife better than I ever could. Honey, it's going to be all right. She's going to be right back on. She's going to be running around again. It had just been so much in that little time. And then to have this happen, God was speaking through her. We just had something happen this past week. I won't go into detail, but we were eating out at a Chinese restaurant and a man with a Chinese background came up and was just blessing us with words of encouragement and thankfulness. And it just touched us so deeply. that. <laughs> and on the way back, I was thinking... That is so awesome. I wonder if we're about to have a bad week with Kimmy. That's not being a pessimist. That's being thankful because you know how God works sometimes, right? 
It's been a challenging week. But in the midst of the challenges, there have been so many blessings. It's been amazing. I know Sister Patty was. This young man with the Chinese background, I'm pretty sure he was too. Often messages of encouragement come through God's people. And really the church is supposed to be, pardon me, a community of encouragement. It's many things. It's corporate worship, it's instruction and learning, it's joint ministry. But one of those things is a community of mutual encouragement and support. If you're reading in the King James Version, it's that word edification of the saints. Hebrews 10, 24, 25, let us consider how to provoke one another. That sounds bad, doesn't it? Provoke one another to love and good deeds. Not neglecting to meet together. You know, this is that verse that preachers get out when they see attendance has dropped. But it's not about, you need to do this. It's about coming together for encouragement. Isn't that interesting? Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see that day, the day of the Lord approaching. I don't know about you, but I am grateful for every little drop of encouragement. And I am amazed whenever someone says the encouragement and gets in the trenches with us like Sister Patty did. And thank God for all of those people who do that. But here's the thing, and I'm sort of calling it a call to reciprocity. You like that word? Yeah. Luke 6, 36 and 37. Maybe you remember this one. We only take pieces of it usually. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not contemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. You see the reciprocity there. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. Dear friends, if there is a call for this service, the call is this. If you greatly value the encouragement that God sends you, be someone God can use to encourage others. Pay it forward. Because that is a part of what all of this is supposed to be. So listen when God directs you to say the supportive word or take the supportive action. Let us provoke one another to love and to good deeds. Encourage one another all the more as we see that day approaching. Dear God, let it be. Amen.